Welcome to the Letterbox. This is our 412 podcast. Okay, so this week we're going to do an actual podcast because last week or last month we just gave you a pre recorded one and all the young people That's said right. it was too soon after to listen to it. So, guys, it's not too soon anymore. Yeah, you can exactly. catch up on um, Josh Lucy and I's chat um, if you haven't listened to it already. Um, this week we're going to talk about something um, that ironically. Well, not so ironically, um, we we really experienced tonight. So we're going to answer this question. What does it mean to encounter the Holy Spirit? We are recording this very late because tonight at 4.12, DV um, had a sermon written, which I'm sure was very good and well prepared. Uh, maybe DV doesn't think so, but I'm sure it would have been. Um, but uh, he felt like it wasn't like kind of the right space to preach that message and we just opened it up and we ended up just worshipping for three hours. Three hours. Um, so as we come to this topic, what does it mean to encounter the Holy Spirit? If you were um, fortunate, blessed enough to be in the room tonight, I think a lot of you guys might already have some like feelings about this. Mm-hmm. What we want to do is bring like a little bit of like clarity to like the language around this. I think young people get a little bit confused with this not even young people, uh, we all get a little bit confused with like this this idea of like, what does it mean to encounter the Holy Spirit? What does that look like? What does that language mean? What kind of way do we describe it? What is the Holy Spirit? So we want to bring a little bit to that. We want to bring a lot of Bible to that. Uh, and we hope that this is useful for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, yeah, Josh, kick us off. We're going to break this down into like a couple of kind of smaller chunks and topics to try and get through this with a little bit of structure. Yeah. And if we mangle all of our words, it's because it's so late and we are so <laughs> tired. But, yeah. you know, we'll we'll do it for Jesus. So, Josh, what's our first thing we want to talk about? Mm-hmm. So, our first thing is, what or who is the Holy Spirit? And and just wonderfully, we actually have an Elam pastor here with oh. us, uh, the Reverend David Hume. And Elam have a statement on this, don't they? Yes. Uh, as part of uh, being a... <clears throat> getting through your MIT, you have to learn the Constitution off by heart. So <laughs> do you? No, you do not. Oh my God, Josh! He's got it in front of him. Yeah. So Elam have a bunch of like foundational truths uh, that you can actually find on their website, like some core doctrinal beliefs that we have. And so, in terms of like the Holy Spirit, this is what it actually says on the website. It says Elam believe <clears throat> in the deity of the Holy Spirit, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. And the necessity of his work in conviction of sin, repentance, regeneration and sanctification. And that the believer is also promised an enjoyment of power as the gift of Christ through the baptism in the Holy Spirit with signs following. Through this enjoyment, the believer is empowered for fuller participation in the ministry of the church, its worship, evangelism and service. Full stop. Mm-hmm. Um, it it sounds like a lot, but it's actually very very helpful, and we'll go through and we'll talk about some of that and explain it. But we do we do go to an Elam church, and we do believe in theology that Elam has, and the theology around like the Holy Spirit and what He does in our life, and the fact that the Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity, like He He is He is an equal part with God the Father and God the Son, is really really important. I want to talk about this idea that the Holy Spirit is a person, not a thing, not a feeling, and that he has intentions and he communicates and he speaks. 
Um, the Bible talks about this a little bit. Um, it says, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Um, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. That's Acts 13.2. Um, and this idea that as a person, the Holy Spirit has feelings, not like in the way that we have feelings and that we're like, sometimes we're like emotional and we're like bound by how we feel. But like God the Father um, and like Jesus, like our actions can affect the Holy Spirit in a sense. Like he can be disappointed. He can get... Um, like upset or like grieved as the Bible would describe it by things that we do. Like we can insult the Holy Spirit. Um, Isaiah 63 10 says, yet they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. So he turned and became their enemy and he himself fought against them. And then Hebrews 10 29 says, how much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished? Who has trampled the son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing, the blood of the covenant that sanctified them and who has insulted the spirit of grace. So just this this idea that like the Bible doesn't talk about the Holy Spirit in a weird way. I think sometimes we do that. Mm. The Bible personifies the Holy Spirit. The Holy yeah. Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is part of like the, the Godhead, like the Trinity. Mm. Not this like kind of mystical feeling. Um not this just like weird thing that we encounter, but like a person that we can get to know and has a personality. So when or how do we receive the Holy Spirit? And I guess if we split this up into a bit of a smaller section, when do we first encounter the Holy Spirit? Yeah, so really, really importantly, believers, like people who believe in Jesus and like choose to follow him, receive the Holy Spirit upon their salvation. So in the moment that you decide that you're following Jesus with your life, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit dwells in you, lives in you. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? This is every Christian believer's first encounter with the Holy Spirit. And Ephesians chapter 1, 13 and 14 says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Mm. And I think there's like, again, what you said, Kyle, like we, like we have made the Holy Spirit weird. Like he isn't weird. We have made him weird, like in Western culture or <clears throat> in church culture. And I think a lot of the time we do, like a lot of young people, especially will ask this question, like, do I have the Holy Spirit or how do mm. I know I have the Holy Spirit? I think what you shared there is really helpful. Like if you are saved, like the only reason you and I are able to be saved yeah. is by the Holy Spirit. Like I talked a little bit about this last Sunday, but how like actually salvation is only possible by the Holy Spirit opening our eyes. And yeah. so when we are saved, we have the Holy Spirit in us. And, mm-hmm. and even like that worry, like young people who are Christian and, I'm walking with Jesus, they're kind of like, oh, I don't know if I've got the Holy Spirit in me. And you're kind of like, if you are having like that worry or like that concern, like that almost in itself is proof positive that he is in you. Like mm. you, you wouldn't ask that if you didn't have him in a way already there. And yeah. I think scripture, like some of those scriptures you said, that one Ephesians is how like he is the guarantee 
of our salvation. Mm-hmm. I think like that is really important to know that like the first encounter is upon salvation. That if you are a follower of Jesus, then Scripture is clear: you have the Holy yeah. Spirit living in you. So, yeah, maybe a second part of that question is, okay, if we already have the Holy Spirit, when else can we encounter the Holy Spirit? Yeah, um, as we said, the Holy Spirit is also continually working to convict people of sin, to lead us, to guide us, to teach us about God and to help us live for him. There's this really, like, cool idea that, like, when you believe the Holy Spirit, like, dwells in you, you become a temple of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is active in convicting you even before you choose to yeah. follow Jesus. Yeah. Um, and then he continues to help you figure some of that stuff out. Um, John fourteen twenty six says, The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So this principle that, like, when we are trying to know the character of God and the character of Jesus better by reading his word, it's the Holy Spirit that like illuminates, us to it, to, to, illuminates it to us and helps to teach it to us. Mm. And 1 Corinthians 2, 10 to 13 says, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, mm. even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thought except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also... No one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. Mm -hmm. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. This incredible idea that like people can preach and people are like, empowered and like gifted to to preach the word of god but without the holy spirit it falls on like deaf ears like you you can't know god you can't know the character of god the father until you allow the holy spirit to teach that to you but the beauty of it is like jesus sent the holy spirit to us to be that helper Mm -hmm. so the holy spirit is in us at salvation the spirit is constantly working in us and around us and we can then be filled by the Holy Spirit to be empowered by the Spirit and to live better for God. This is something that Elam say in their statement and that we really, really believe. Ephesians 5.18 says to all Christians, Do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And the verb be filled is famously a present tense verb, which means to do it regularly and continually. It's also an imperative verb. An imperative verb, which means that it's a command and not a suggestion. And last, it's a passive verb, which means that while the command is given to us, God is actually the one who must fill us. We put ourselves out there to be filled, but we must then trust him to fill us. Mm. Yeah, and actually, I'm just back from... um, Being uh, away to Elam leaders, like uh, retreat, it's called advance. And uh, added Alistair Ritchie, shout out to you Alistair, I'm seeing a bit of your point. But he was talking a little bit about how like the that scripture, like be filled with the Holy Spirit. He talks like similarly to what you said there, Kyle, of how like it is what's called like a present continuous verb. Mm-hmm. So it's this idea of like what you're saying, there needs to be 
an ongoing, regular filling. Yeah. So as much as we get the Holy Spirit at salvation, there also has to be this regular filling of it. And and he talked about how, like, in Scripture, there are a number of different pictures of what the Holy Spirit is, and one of them being, um, like, oil. Mm-hmm. And that, like, a, an anointing oil is, like, this Holy mm-hmm. Spirit coming on them. But he talked about how that... And it's a really helpful picture of, like, you know, a car, like... Every time it it needs like every so often it needs an oil change it needs mm. new oil put into it or even like petrol mm. it needs petrol yeah. to last at a certain while and then at the end well what do you need to do is you need to put more in it so I think that is a, a helpful picture of like as we fall like follow Jesus we need like the Holy Spirit to help convict of sin and point yeah. out certain things. Yeah. But then there needs to be this, okay, I need filled with more of you mm-hmm. again. God, I need filled more. So it's like that ongoing filling. I think it's really, really helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. So like we know that further encounters with the Holy Spirit can happen often and should happen often, I think, where young people get kind of confused in their heads and where people like continue to struggle with this. Even people who come from kind of our like theological background is that... We have the idea of like what an encounter with the Holy Spirit has to look like in our head. And sometimes then we misunderstand this language and we pursue a certain type of encounter. Something that in our head is like, it has to be like amazing or has to be dramatic or it has to look miraculous. And we actually then miss out on Hmm. like the very regular but miraculous encounters that happen with the Holy Spirit every day. We we talked at the start of this podcast about what happened in, in 4.12 with the young people tonight. We worshipped for three hours, um, led mostly without music, just young people, like, songs kind of coming to them and them, them singing it. And in loads of ways, like, it, it wasn't that dramatic. It wasn't that spectacular. Hmm. And yet, like, it, it was miraculous. Yeah. Um, I think, like... I looked around the room at points and thought, like, I'm not sure when the last time I was in a room that, like, God was moving so clearly by his Holy Spirit. And yet, like, nothing, like, mad's happening. Mm. But everybody left having encountered the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, JP um, Pudluka, what's his surname? Pekluda. Pekluda, thank you. Um, who I, like, read and listen to often, but can't pronounce his surname, um, made this point on a podcast I was listening to recently that, the most miraculous encounter you'll ever have with the Holy Spirit is the first one. Yeah. When you accept Christ as your saviour and the Holy Spirit lives in you as a seal of your salvation, there is no greater miracle than when people who were far from God because of sin are brought into relationship with God. And I think as we, we think about what encounters with the Holy Spirit looks like, we want to continually have encounters with the Holy Spirit and be continually filled but we also want to have that perspective that the greatest work that we could ever um, chase has already been done in us. Yeah, like yeah. we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit yeah. because of our salvation. And anything else God chooses to, chooses to do is just a blessing from yeah. who he is yeah. um, and what he wants to provide for us because he's already given us everything that we need. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. So like, what types of encounters with the Holy Spirit does the Bible mention then? Um, yeah, so... Um, when I was, like, kind of reading and studying for this, I found a couple of, um, like, helpful resources and almost just, like, a list of all the kind of things that the Holy Spirit does in the Bible. Um, me and Davey and Josh and James talked about this recently, just after 4.12 one night, this idea that, like, 
the Bible isn't necessarily like an exhaustive list of everything that the Holy Spirit could do, but it does point us to lots of ways that we might encounter the Holy Spirit. And just being aware of some of these can be helpful that we're not we're not having like a closed mind to what an encounter with the Holy Spirit has to look like. But even just looking at some references through Acts, like he moves in lots of different ways. Um, I am going to just fly through these. The joy of this being a podcast is you can play it at 0.8 speed. <laughs> and also, I, Spotify sometimes makes those like automatic transcripts. See, oh, oh yeah. see if it has one. It could be absolute AI-generated gibberish. It's not going to get our accents. But, um, yeah, you can go back. If I'm Sorry, who is listening to this in 0.8 speed? <laughs> Hopefully nobody. That <laughs> painful, but... Hope most people... Someone try it and let us know how oh. it goes. It'll be like 400 miles an hour for me because I speak fast as it is. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. The people who usually listen on 2x speed with you are just... Actually, you do it 0.5. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so a quick run through of... These are just references from Acts. So Acts 2.4 has a dramatic outpouring of the Spirit as they wait in the upper room. Then in Acts 8.14-17, the Holy Spirit fills people in... Um, this like kind of overwhelming way and, and loads of times we see this um, when, when someone places their hands on the, on somebody and prays um, and that happens here um, it says now when the apostles of Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God they sent to them Peter and John who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit for he had not yet fallen any of them but they had only been baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit and Acts 19, 5 and 6 says, Paul praying for the Holy Spirit to baptise disciples in Ephesus. It says, on hearing this, they were baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. We also see it in some references where nobody is like, kind of like specifically praying the Holy Spirit on someone or like touching them. Um, in Acts 10, to 48, Peter was just speaking to a group of people um, who kind of already knew like, the idea of Jesus and we're trying to like um, follow like that way of um, of like religion and the Holy Spirit fell on them and they then like praised God and spoke in tongues Acts 8.29 is this cool story about how the Holy Spirit directs Philip to go find and pray for an Ethiopian eunuch who's travelling um, in Acts 10 Peter's guided by the Spirit who gives him a vision and speaks to him to go and preach to non-Jewish people the Spirit guides Paul, Silas and Timothy were not to go in Acts 16, which is really cool. Um, in Acts 4 and 13, Peter and Paul are filled with the Holy Spirit to preach boldly, and their powerful preaches um, causes like a change in perspective of the people that they're preaching to. Acts 13.4 and 15.28, the Holy Spirit prompts people in where to go and how to live. And in Acts 11, a guy called Agabus has a prophetic word through the Holy Spirit that a famine would come and then they would need to prepare for it, and then the disciples can practically prepare for that. Um, so we see right throughout Acts and throughout the Bible um, how the Holy Spirit worked. We know that we already have the Holy Spirit in us. Then this is the question. What does it mean to encounter the Holy Spirit for us now? And why would we want it? And what's the benefit then? Mm, yeah. So yeah, like you'd already said, Kyle, so we have the Holy Spirit. We're shielded with the Holy Spirit. He is our guarantee of salvation. And like the greatest encounter and the most miraculous and most significant in our lives is the Holy Spirit opening our eyes to salvation. Yeah. But <clears throat> we also believe that like in the book of Acts there is so much more for 
uh, God's people and so much more that the Holy Spirit does. And I think we should want to be like continually filled. We should want it more. A few reasons we want to be more aware of what he is doing in us mm-hmm. and around us. I think like we don't want to just people who ignorantly just go through life, but there is that like curiosity and wanting to build that relationship. As you said earlier, as a person. Mm-hmm. So we want to build that friendship with the Holy Spirit and ask, what are you doing in me, God? What are you doing through me? What are you doing around me? Um, and I think also well, the second thing is to be continually filled so that we walk daily in the Spirit's leading and strength mm. and, and not on our own. I think of like that famous chapter in Galatians 5 where Paul talks about like being in step with mm-hmm. the Spirit. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's that like idea of walking like in relation and in communion with a person. And so how do you walk with someone you don't like really aren't pursuing or seeking mm-hmm. or knowing? And so I think there is like even that invitation that God gives us to to know his Holy Spirit as a friend. And yeah. and so I think there is a, a real significance of how do we be aware, one, and what he's doing around us, but two, that idea of being filled with him continually to walk in his leading and guiding and, mm-hmm. and not our own. So, yeah, what what do you guys think? It, what does it not mean to, <laughs> to, you know, walk in the Holy Spirit or have encounters or being filled with the Holy Spirit? Yeah, just to help, like, with this a little bit, for me, like, I've, I've read a couple of things on this, and it's really important that we understand that it's not a feeling that we're chasing, but a person who can change us. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit isn't goosebumps in a powerful moment at church. We're not yeah. seeking that high. Yeah. Like, goosebumps or, like, shivers are not, like, in itself a spiritual thing. They're, like, a physiological reaction that typically for humans is, like, you're cold, so it warms you up. But, like, interestingly, the body has this physiological response um, that can happen in moments of, like, heightened emotion. So it's a response yeah. that your body takes. And your body recognises kind of almost, like, all surprises as if they're, like, a little bit, like, frightening. So then the response that you would get when you're frightened happens. But then your body also gets this, like, peak in dopamine. Um, so, like, a hit of, like, a, like a happy feeling when you realise that the thing that, like, seems out of place is actually good. So this response might well happen when the Holy Spirit is doing something because yeah, yeah. you like recognize as a physical being that something cool is happening, like something exciting is happening that you're getting to witness or something is like moving you emotionally. But that response is a side effect. Yeah. Getting like goosebumps is not the Holy Spirit. Mm. It might be a side effect that you recognize when he's moving, mm. but we're not chasing this like hit of like yeah. a, like happiness. <clears throat> we're not chasing that feeling. That is just the side effect. We are going after the person of the Holy Spirit and trying to have an encounter with the transformative person, not the mm. feeling or the high we might get from it. Yeah, I think you've like hit the nail on the head there, Carl. Like, I think this is like the, the issue in amongst like, 21st century like Christians nowadays is like <coughs> people are caught up in a moment they had and um, whenever there's like a powerful moment in church or like youth events where they felt like they encountered the Holy Spirit because they got emotional mm-hmm. or because they experienced something um, and like again like that is so restrictive to what we can yeah. actually experience with the Holy Spirit um, and I think again now that we've attended these big things that like 
that's all we limit him to then. Like, yeah. we, we almost have, like, this one singular idea of what the Holy Spirit sounds mm. like. Mm-hmm. So, actually, we go into every other meeting and go into every other moment with church or moment with the Holy Spirit and actually we miss him then because yeah. we're just caught up in a moment that we had months ago. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, that, like, you've pretty much answered the question there. Like, that is something that I think that we definitely struggle with. Um, and I think almost, like, backtrack, not backtrack, but what's the answer to that? <laughs> what is the Holy Spirit then? Like, or <laughs> what can be, like... I think almost is not found in like the big massive youth events. Not to say that obviously the Holy Spirit is not yeah. there because he definitely is. But like I think so often I think the Holy Spirit is or what he does is in the most quiet moments mm-hmm. or is in the most mundane moments. Yeah. And I think um, like a big rule that the Holy Spirit is, is like we already mentioned it kind of tonight is like whenever he nudges us and like just mm-hmm. gives us small gentle promptings um, to, to, go, to do good. Um, so actually you might not feel like you've encountered the Holy Spirit for months or you might not feel like you've encountered the Holy Spirit since like something like Wondrous or Relentless but actually you probably encountered him earlier on today <laughs> but like you just didn't understand that or you never assumed that that was, that that was an encounter with the Holy Spirit yep. because you have this idea that a Holy Spirit encounter has to be really, really dramatic mm-hmm. whenever actually it really doesn't. I think, again, whenever he prompts you to serve someone or whenever he prompts you or like even opens up an opportunity for you to like show someone Jesus, yeah. like that is an encounter with the Holy yeah. Spirit and I think that yeah. we almost would be so much more encouraged then. Um, I think sometimes we are so scared by this because like, or else we feel really, really far behind because we, again, we just assume that encounters with the Holy Spirit is very dramatic. But actually, all the time we encountered the Holy Spirit, if we just opened up our eyes, we broadened the horizons when it came yeah. to like what we consider an encounter. Um, and I think, again, in doing that, whenever we actually um, obey these simple promptings from the Holy Spirit, actually... These are the very things that help us to, one, like get to know him better, and then two, become like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think another role of the Holy Spirit is what you've already mentioned, Kyle, I think. Um, maybe David, I can't remember. But like, is this big, scary church word of like sanctification? But like very easily put, like this is whenever the Holy Spirit makes us more holy, yeah. and he makes us more pure and more like Jesus. Whenever we follow Jesus by the Holy Spirit, we whenever we obey Jesus' teaching and where the Spirit is leading us, he actually helps us become who we're trying to follow. Um, and I believe the Holy Spirit is looking for people who actually just want to be moved through. But that kind of leads us on to the next question. Yeah, that's so good, Josh. So yeah, the final thing we want to talk about is then what should it mean? What should it mean to encounter the Holy Spirit? And I just want to say for me, like, as Josh said, a real encounter with the Holy Spirit produces something. Yeah. Yeah, and like we mentioned this a lot tonight, guys, like about like the Holy Spirit, whenever we have an encounter with him, like it has to change something in us. There has to be a shift in something. Um, and I was like, I was reminded of like, when preparing for this, I was reminded of a sermon that actually Charlotte Curran did in CFC Church. And she kind of talked around this sermon of like puddles and pipelines. Mm-hmm. And she basically finishes with this saying of like, she talks about like, why in Northern Ireland with the amount of people who claim that they love Jesus, like why is there still so much darkness and so much hatred? And then she kind of goes on to say, um, like, do you know what I wonder? I wonder, is it because you and I are more like puddles than pipelines? You see, we're very happy to be recipients of the river. We'll take everything that God is offering. We'll take more filling of the Holy Spirit. We want it all to pour into us, but it won't pour out of us. Hmm. So it all those puddles on the inside of us and still waters go stagnant. And a place that should be a fountain of life becomes a place of death. And I think it's so true that like, actually we take and we take and we take from the Holy Spirit. We allow him to fill us. But actually, we just want him to fill us and to flow in. But we don't allow that mm. to ever flow out of us, not to flow through us. And like what we mentioned before, like those stagnant waters, they or those still waters, they go stagnant and they mm. actually become a place of decay. 
And I believe that the Holy Spirit is looking for people to fill mm. so that he can be flowing through them. Yeah. And I think this is why we need to have those moments with the Holy Spirit daily, why we have to encounter him daily, um, in order for him to flow through us and to bring life into others. And whenever we talk about um, like the fruits that the Holy Spirit produces yeah. in us, like we don't want we can't just be people who are recipients of that. Like, God, we want you to love us or we want the grace of God, we want to experience the grace, but actually like whenever we um we want the undeserving grace of God um to be given to us. But sometimes whenever the moment comes that actually someone needs undeserving grace from yeah. us, like we're nowhere to be found. Yeah. Yeah. Um and like that is the issue. Like when it comes to like these moments with the Holy Spirit is actually we just take, we take, we take, <clears throat> but actually we're not willing to like um ever let that flow through us. And I think that's what Charlotte was talking about, whenever it just puddles deep within us yeah. and just sits there and nothing ever comes of it. Mm. Um, and again, like these fruits of the Spirit that we so much desire from God, we desire to receive from God, like love and joy and peace. Like we must be willing to show them. We must yeah. be willing to be people who actually, um, that flows through. The Holy Spirit doesn't just do a work in us, but it just stops there and just yeah. stops in that moment and nothing comes of it. Um, like this is what encounters with the Holy Spirit does. Mm-hmm. It brings life through us and it produces fruit to those who actually need it. Yeah, um, yeah and we can't get that. Yeah. Next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, interesting to say that. I've <clears throat> a wee bit like what you were saying there, Kyle, like how <clears throat> we've come to this idea of believing that the Holy Spirit is just a feeling or like goosebumps or something that we benefit from and mm. it's like oh i encountered the holy spirit mm. and i loved it mm. but actually like what you're saying there josh is no it should flow through you like others yeah. should be impacted as a result yeah. and just rereading like that um elim foundational truth like talking about like through this endowment the believer is empowered for fuller participation yeah. in the ministry of the church it's worship evangelism and service like the reason, like, we have received the Holy Spirit as part of salvation. That is the blessing for us personally. Mm-hmm. When we are filled again then with the Holy Spirit, it's supposed to bless and benefit others. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, fruit of the Spirit is supposed to impact other people. Mm-hmm. Gifts of the Spirit are supposed to impact other people. I think there's some scripture that talks about, like, what the role of the Holy Spirit is. Jesus says, and you shared earlier, John 15, 26, when the, advocate, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Mm. I really believe that like, what a, a, an encounter of the Holy Spirit should do is produce a deeper love of Jesus. Yeah. Like We should love Jesus more because of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Like his, literally, his literal role, Jesus said, is to testify about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it should produce a deeper love for Jesus. And the next chapter in John sixteen thirteen, Jesus says, When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. I also believe that the Holy Spirit should produce a love of truth. Mm. Like we should not, like we should not be satisfied living in lies and, and fake stuff in our own life. Like there should be a desire for deeper truth because of the Holy Spirit. I really believe that like as he as we walk with him, as we have encounters with him, this should literally like produce love for Jesus, love for Mm -hmm. truth, and should really impact other people, not just personal like, oh I felt something, I got this. Like no, this should actually impact others as a result. Yeah. Yeah. So good. 
Um, we are going to wrap it up there. Davian, Josh, thank you so much. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, we really hope that this has been helpful. We are not... Well, Davy is, actually, to be fair. He's very... He is quite the theologian. We are not experts on this, but we do um, hope that some of the stuff we have said has been helpful in trying to understand this better so that we're not confused or we're not even, like, frightened by the idea of encountering the Holy Spirit, mm. but we understand how key this is to live as Christians, to live, um, like, faith-filled lives for God. Um, uh, we want to leave you with this challenge that this week... Um, what space are you making for the Holy Spirit? If you want to be live lives that are led and guided by the Holy Spirit, what space are you making for the Holy Spirit to speak and to move in your life? And then as you make that space, um, we pray that you will see what, what your life will look like when you live in step with the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.